do that, that the more successful someone is the more challenges and the more bad thursdays that they've had in their past like it's going to be hard but hard isn't bad it's going to be challenging but challenges make us stronger if you think about being an athlete or you think about working out or you think about anything in life right if it was hard to do you got better at it if it's something new i can't keep doing what i've been doing if I keep doing what I've been doing, I keep getting the same results. So if I want new results, I have to do something new. And often that All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. Today, I have Michael Stinnett. He is a career coach and co-founder of Flight 40 Coaching. Um, and we're going to actually talk about a really important topic about how desperation can sometimes hurt you more than help you in the job search process, right? And and Michael, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? How's your week going? How's life? Super excited that you're here. Yeah, thanks so much, Daniel. I'm First, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm super excited about the topic for today, uh, helping people kind of get out of desperation, get unstuck in all that process. I'm having a great week. I, I have a almost four-month-old granddaughter, and we've been able to hang out with her a lot, getting ready to start senior year with my youngest son, and football season is kicking off soon, and also really excited about just the future with my wife, right? She's my best friend, and so all of those things are going on in life right now. Just got out of a presentation at medical school, so I'm also an academic coach at a medical school, and so get to do those things too, so super stoked, man. Life is good. Love it, love it. No, man, I, it sounds uh, like you're living the dream, you're, and that that's that's simply amazing and super, super, uh, super happy to hear that for you. And uh, I'm super excited to have you on the show because, you know, we had a conversation prior to this, a couple, it was actually about three weeks ago. And one of the things that we kind of like both agree on, it's like sometimes when people are in a very desperate point of trying to get a job and that they have that desperation, that need, right? Like they, maybe it's it's a money issue, right? They need to get a job as fast as possible. Or maybe it's not a money issue, but maybe they're just unsatisfied or just feel drained when they go to their job. That that desperation sometimes can be very harmful if not used correctly. But why did you think this would be a really good topic to discuss in this podcast as well? That's perfect. Here's here's kind of the overall idea, right? is too many people let temporary disappointments lead them to decisions that make permanent dis, uh, disappointment. And so it's like, if I let temporary disappointment drive me to permanent disappointment, then I'm going to be in trouble. I'm not gonna live a life that's flourishing. I'm not gonna live the life that I really want, right? And that's what desperation does for us. When we act in desperation, we make impulse decisions. We make quick decisions without thinking through the long-term ramifications. And so I work with job seekers oftentimes who have put in hundreds of applications with no feedback. And they're, they're like, ah, oh, maybe they're transitioning out of education and the school year is getting ready to start. So it's just all these pieces, right? So they get desperate, they get anxious, and then they start to doubt themselves. And that's where I come in. I love the quote that you started with. Like, can you repeat that one more time? I think that really hit home because I can see that happening so, so often. Yeah, it's... Uh, we can't let temporary disappointment lead us to make decisions that bring permanent disappointment. So how would you then say like, look, Michael, that's, that's easy for you to say. You're, you sound like you're having a really good life. You know, you're really happy with your marriage. You're happy with your job. I'm not having that same level, right? Like, what do you say to someone that's in the other side, frustrated? 
how, how, where should I start then? Where should I go? Where should I begin? That's a great question. And first, let me just acknowledge that I haven't always been this happy about all of the things in my life, right? Yeah. There have been times where I've ha I go through temporary disappointment. You just caught me on a good Thursday. Yeah. And so it's, but I've, I've had to create habits and patterns and surround myself with people that don't allow me to make decisions out of desperation that would hurt me long-term. And, and so many job seekers are kind of isolating themselves. They're on an island and they feel alone in this process. And that's where I get to come in as a coach and kind of help them navigate through these things. And so what I would say first, if you were in a state of like this desperation right now, things aren't going your way, you're feeling super anxious, um, take, take a breath and step back for a little bit and kind of remember at your core what motivates you, what drives you, who you are. And if you can lean into those things, which is really, that's my whole coaching system starts with self, identify your skills, your gifts, your passions, start with yourself. Um, that generally helps because if I keep focused on the jobs, I keep focused on the external things that keeps driving these wills of desperation deeper and deeper in. But if I step back, take a deep breath, reflect a little bit, take a pause, then I can often like reassess the situation and I can make changes if I need to. Yeah. And that's just not a common enough practice, right? Yeah, no, you know, it, it's, it's common sense, but not common practice. It, it, like, it, it might yeah, feel like common sense, quote. but not common practice. And, and I wanna, I'm, I'm so glad that you kind of were saying like, hey, like you just caught me on a good Thursday because like, if you're listening to this and you are, doing a lot of social media consumption, whether you listen to this podcast, whether you're on LinkedIn, whether you're on Instagram or Facebook, and all you see on LinkedIn is happy to announce I got this job, happy to announce that I started this career, happy to announce I just graduated, like all those things. You have to remember like what we see in social media, it's a highlight reel of someone's life, right? Um, it's much, much harder to go on social media and share the, the, the bad days when you get fired or when you're not having a good Thursday. And so, Love that, the honesty, Michael, because I would even say it myself too, like, guys, like, I don't have a perfect, like, no, if someone tells you they have a perfect life, you should run the other way because that doesn't, it's not true. And in fact, I would even willing to challenge you that the, the more successful someone is, the more challenges and the more bad Thursdays that they've had in their past. Like, um, I, I, I say that because like, man, the first three years for me in business were challenging, right? Uh, the first couple of years of me in corporate America were challenging, right? But those challenges laid that foundation. But, um, and, and, and it's one of those things that I, I want you to understand is like, when you go through those hard times, like the ones that you're dealing now, remember this moment, because then it, you're going to appreciate the good times even better, right? There is no, you can't say there's highs, if there's no lows, there's no light, if there's no darkness, right? There's no love, if there's no hate, right? You need to have the black and white, the yin and yang to be able to do it. So yes, you might be going through some hard times today, but there will be sun at the end of the light. Like at the end of the day, there will be sun. You you will go through this. Now there's ways to get through this faster. And I think that's why, why working with whether it's a coach, a mentor, friends, a support system, I would just say, don't do this alone. But Michael, I said a lot, I'll let you kind of speak because I, I want to make sure you, you have, I, I feel like you have more, more input on this than I do. No, that was great. You said it so well. And I think one of the things you mentioned is the challenges, right? We, we all have a lot of bad Thursdays. You said that and that's beautiful. 
I just, again, got done talking to these incoming medical school students, and I told them that it's going to be hard, but hard isn't bad. It's going to be challenging, but challenges make us stronger. If you think about being an athlete or you think about working out or you think about anything in life, right? If it was hard to do, you got better at it. If it's easy to do, you often stay complacent. You stay in the same state that you're in. And what I like to try and tell people is that obstacles create opportunities for growth. Mm -hmm. And if we look at obstacles as opportunities for growth, then we are encouraged by the obstacles. We're inspired by the obstacles. We find ways to overcome the obstacles. But if we see obstacles, Daniel, if we see obstacles as um, a place to stop, then we give up. Because I hear people all the time say, well, this just wasn't meant for me. I'm like, well, why was it not meant for you? You're like, well, there were too many obstacles. I said, well, no, it just wasn't meant for you to quit. Mm. Like, like people give up before they grow. People, and often in the job search, we do the same thing. It's like people will stop right short of that next step. That next step might've been the one that got them over. Yeah. But that's where they'll give up. And that's, again, that's what desperation does to us. And I think about it, um, one of the analogies that I use a lot is, is the analogy of putting a puzzle together, right? And so if you think about, if I don't know if you're a puzzle person or not, but man, if the puzzle is hard, it takes more time, you get frustrated a lot more, and all of these things combine to get you really, really upset sometimes. You're like, oh, why is this so difficult? But at the end of that process, if you didn't quit and you put that puzzle together, when you see it at the end, it's like a way bigger celebration. It feels like you actually accomplished something. And the, the challenge with that is that with puzzles, it's important to understand the picture that you're putting together first. And then you've got to make sure that you have all of the pieces. And here's the trick with the job search is people will see the picture. They will have the pieces, but they don't align them. Mm. And so you never actually put a puzzle together that works or that makes a beautiful picture. So you have to have all of the things in the right place in order to make the right progress. No, that that's, that, that's such an amazing analogy of the puzzle. Um, and the more pieces, the more challenges, but the, the better you feel after, right? Like you might not put and hang. Uh, I, 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 I say the puzzles. I don't do puzzles, but my mom likes puzzles. And she sometimes then frames the ones that she does and puts it like on oh, the yeah. wall, right? And I, I'm like thinking, I'm like, she wouldn't frame the puzzle if it was like a 50-piece puzzle. Like it'd be way too easy. Like it's like, it's not as challenging. She puts the 5,000 puzzle piece ones because those are the ones that she she spent plenty of time doing and that i can see how this relates so well also with the job search process like yes you might have the picture hey i won that job right you might like that's the vision right you might have all the pieces together like you have the degree you have the requirements but you're not aligning it you're not putting it together you you're maybe you're 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 moving too quick because as soon as you get rejected then you're moving on to the next one. I kind of want to share one story and then we can kind of like continue the conversation. Most of the people that I have seen looking for jobs, they'll get a rejection email and then they'll be so upset at the company. They'll never reply back. The conversation is over. And I actually tell my students that like, especially because I, I believe a lot in networking. So a lot of my mentee, like clients, like understand the importance of networking to the interview and also after the interview. So what, what I, a story happens, there's an individual, he applied, he was applying for, for a job at Salesforce. 
So he's through the interview process. He makes it to the hiring manager and he did not get the job. So he's kind of like towards the final round of interviews. He did not get the job. And he could have easily just replied and said, hey, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Or maybe not even reply at all. And so we were discussing that. I said, hey, like, look, you made it this far. So what does that tell you? Number one, you're qualified. Maybe somebody was slightly more qualified than you, but you could have done the job. Like, you know, because that most of the time when you get rejected, especially when you're towards the end of the, of the interview process, is not whether can you do the job or not. You could do the job. You would have never made it that far. Maybe someone was a better cultural fit. Maybe somebody had a better referral or a relationship. Maybe somebody just had better skills. It's just like they won by an inch, but a win is a win. Only one person can get the job. And I said to you, do you know how much it costs a company to hire? It costs a lot of time and a lot of money. So instead of just saying, hey, thank you so much for the opportunity, reply back to the manager and said, hey, Mr. Manager, thank you so much. Uh, I really enjoy uh, is there any other roles within your team or in their organization that you think I would be a, a good fit for, right? The manager replies and says, hey, unfortunately, I only had this one opening in my team, but a friend of mine is a manager of this department and he does have an opening. Let me connect you. Long story oh, wow. short, he gets an email from, a, from the recruiter. It was a different recruiter because it's a different recruiter in managing the job, like the job posting. And he went straight to the final round. And then he got the job. Not, right? And if you would have done what 99.9% of people do is just give up because you're desperate, you're frustrated, like, oh, they just sell sports. Here's another round of interviews I didn't get. You, you, you miss on those opportunities. And so, like, I think the takeaway here as, as, is, look, you, you work so hard through this process and you get to an interview and those are hard to come by and if you got it. Don't lose those relationships. And no today is not a no tomorrow. Understand why you got rejected. Let's say you got rejected because you're not qualified enough, right? Because you don't have five years of, of experience. The you shouldn't just be like, all right, thanks. I'll come back when I have that experience. You can also reply like, hey, thank you so much. Is there another role within the organization that better matches my profile? So maybe you don't get the senior analyst role, but you get the junior analyst role. Fine. But... Like, you know, but don't just give up and just don't take that no because you just are either too lazy to reply, too frustrated to reply. And so that, that I guess that's my, my, my thoughts on that. No, that's beautiful. It's exactly, so it's what we started with, right? Is that person in that story didn't let that temporary disappointment yep. create permanent disappointment. Yes. And so if we, if we learn to take the energy from disappointment and transition it, into a positive way to grow, into some opportunity for us. Um, man, we don't know what doors could be opened, right? It's, um, I tell people when I'm first connecting with someone on LinkedIn, hey, thanks so much for connecting with me. Do you need coaching or are you expanding your network? And if they're like, I'm just expanding my network or yeah, I need coaching, I'm like, well, first step, expanding your network because you never know who will connect you to your next opportunity. And that's why networking is so beautiful. Uh, one of the challenges is sometimes when we are desperate and we network, we start right away with some type of transaction mm. and you can't be transactional and relational at the same time. Yes. Like, like you can't do both of those things. Yep. You have to build a relationship first and get to connect with that person first. And then there may be an exchange, yep. but that exchange is so much more valuable after that. And so that's, that's what, uh, what I captured from the story that you just shared 
was again leveraging temporary disappointment yeah in a positive way mm-hmm. and the the beauty of like relationship networking just showing yourself well um could i could i real quick go into like four tips right for yeah, this puzzle analogy on the job Let's search i think it's perfect sounds great yeah so when when trying to set up your job shirt search your job search strategy the first thing that i hear so much is people come to me and they're like hey i need help with my resume i'm like okay great what role are you looking for and they're like well i don't really know that and i'm like well then you don't need help with your resume yet all right so the the first step is you need to know what you're looking for and so how do you know what you're looking for is i tell people to you need to figure out what skills do you have what are your top two or three strengths skills, gifts, talents, and then what are your top passions and where do those align? Because here's the deal, Daniel, uh, if I can find the place where my skills and my passions align, then I can find a career that fulfills. I can find a career that leads to flourishing. So many people are leaning into what they might be good at, but they're not inspired by. Well, that, that leads to burnout because I overwork because I'm trying to fill something that I'm just not filling. Or we'll find things that we're inspired by, but we're not good at. And then that leads to having to find a new job because you were just not able to do it. So it's like lean into what you're good at, lean into what you're impassioned by, and narrow down your job search to those fields. And that's where I start with people. I was I reached out to someone today and I said, hey, have you made a list of your soft skills, your hard skills, and your tech skills? Because if you can identify those things, then we can find, okay, how do I use those in ways that align with my passions? And that narrows down the job search. Too many yeah. people are just throwing themselves out there without narrowing down the job search. So that's where I would say is step one. Michael, have you ever heard of the Japanese concept ikigai? I'm probably saying. Oh, that. I love it. Yeah. Like it's like I was like, one, if I'm looking to the side, right? I was like actually like googling it. This is a beautiful thing. I have like multiple screens as we do this. It's like um, I did an episode, like probably like episode like ten. I'm like right, really like probably four years ago. And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine who was like in charge of HR for um, uh, like a, a big bank here in Central Florida. And he goes like, we talked about this, right? And so Ikigai, is this, if, you're, if you're listening to this, uh, just it's called, is I-K-I-G-A-I. And it's like the interception of where you're good at, what you love, what the world needs and what you can get paid for. Right. Because if uh, in the middle, the interception, so you think about this being four circles in the interception, then then that's your that's your ikigai. Because if you do like what you're good at and what you love, that's passion, what you love and what the world needs, that's mission, what the world needs and what you can get paid for, that's vocation. Right. And what you're good at and what you can get paid for, that's profession. But all four, like doing something you're good at, something you love, something the world needs and something that people are willing to pay for, that's the sweet spot. Yeah, that's that's the beautiful thing. When we work with clients in our, we've got a career transitioning course and one of them is identifying your career sweet spot. And it's essentially mm-hmm. that. It's, it's taking your passions, your skills and your achievements and finding where they overlap. Because if I can find where my passion, skills, achievements overlap, then I can narrow down a job that people will pay me to perform. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that. Um, let, let's, um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about like, I, I see too, you know, one thing that we were talking about is like you um, help, you know, 
build like transition education leaders to corporate leaders. What got you into doing that? And tell me a little bit more about that and um and we can go further on that conversation actually. Yeah, so that it goes back to the first tip that I, of those four, right? Is like knowing yourself. I have an education background and I have a leadership background in nonprofit organizations, right? Mm. And so I I have my administration degree for educational leadership. I'm actually getting my doctorate in educational organization, administration and leadership. I love education. I love leadership. But because I understand educators and because I understand principles and the roles that they play, I'm able to help them transition professionally because I can take their skills and their experiences every day that they have in the classroom or in the school system. And I can help them figure out ways to translate that into the corporate world. So um, several of the people that I've worked with have been such high level uh, performers, high level achievers in the school system. They've led hundreds of teachers, multi-million dollar budgets for resources and these huge projects that affect so many people. But it's just what they did as principals, so they didn't think about it and how that translates to the corporate world. And so I'm able to sit down and have a meeting with them and say, well, here's how that translates. And then their eyes open up. And so we help them list their skills. Step one, know themselves, right? Find roles. And then we go into step two. And this is where I'm, I really love the challenge it presents is we build a resume for them that matches the role that they would like and the role that they have performed. And we align those two to create a resume that markets them well, not just what they did, but how they can do for this company, what they can do for you. And that's like step two and it's easy to miss. But so for educational leaders, because I have, you know, 12 years experience in the classroom, I was a team leader, I was an interim admin, I was on the leadership team for the building, I was on the leadership team for the district and my experience in nonprofit leadership, it, it really helps me be able to understand them. And so that's, that's how I got into this particular space. No, I think that's super interesting. It's, it, there's so much trans, uh, like transferable skills from like education to the corporate world, and I think we 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 missed that. And I and I, I love the, I love I love 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 what you're doing in in that scenario. Um, what what would you say is the biggest challenges that you see when people are stuck in their career? How do you suggest them start getting unstuck? Oh, that's great. Um, so one, to get back, take a break, right? Take a step back and assess your situation. Mm -hmm. There's so many moving parts here, Daniel. Uh, first is don't blame other people uh, because you never get unstuck. You never get out of the rut by blaming the rut, yes. right? Uh, and then it's try something new. I can't keep doing what I've been doing. If I keep doing what I've been doing, I keep getting the same results. So if I want new results, I have to do something new. And often that means taking a deep look at yourself, taking a look at the roles you're applying for. If you're stuck in the job search, it might be that you had somebody tell you that you could do this thing, but your resume, your skills, your qualifications might not line up. Right. So it, it might just be that you need to actually look in a different direction. Like you said just a second ago, maybe you didn't get that senior analyst position, but you could get the junior analyst position. Well, if you're not going to get the senior level position, maybe you aren't going to get the project manager role, but you could get the project coordinator role or the project management assistant role, then, then go there and let's see what happens in a year. Yeah. So, so sometimes it's like, you've got this role that you want 
and you're not getting that. So you've got to redirect and look for entry into that field, look for entry into that. And sometimes we don't look for entry. And when we're not looking for entry, we stay stuck. Yeah. So it's, it's like, imagine you're in that rut, right? And there are lots of offshoots that you could take, but because you've got this one thing, and this is the only thing that will satisfy me, you stay in that path and you're not making any progress when there are all of these side doors that you could have gone through. And those side doors would have connected you to that end goal. Yeah. And so I think it's just reassessing your vision. And that's a really, really key point that a lot of people just don't do. One thing that I am noticing as we're having this conversation is it's how you're every single time using internal versus external locus of control. Like you're saying, hey, like it's not about blaming the outside world. Maybe there is some factors there, but it's like you have to start within first, right? And you and you were saying like, hey, if you're doing the same thing over and over, right? Like it's not gonna work. It's like the definition of insanity that Albert Einstein talks about, right? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. And um, th that reminds me of like this book that I, I I love. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. And if you've never read it, it's not that big, but it was this doctor who was in a concentration camp during World War II. And he kind of like journals his story and his time during the concentration camp. And he was talking about the difference between the people who survived and didn't. The people who had a vision and said, hey, like we're going to get saved by this date. This date came, they weren't saved. And then they would like die in their sleep because the, the mind is so, so powerful uh, because they lost hope. And once they lose hope, their body just gave up on them, right? But the biggest thing I took away from that book was that the fact that we can either have internal locus of control or external locus of control. And the most successful people in this world have internal locus of control, meaning like internally, meaning that everything that good that happens to me is because I worked really hard for it. But everything that bad happened to me is because I did something that led to that, right? And the vice versa, if you look at external locus of control, and I would say like, so external locus of control, um, it's anything that's good that happened to me, I got lucky, right? And anything bad that happened to me is like, I'm just an unlucky individual, right? And I think we're all a mix of it. Some, you know, there's a spectrum there. And I, I catch myself saying something like, gosh, I'm unlucky, right? Right? Um, in situations or things like, oh, I just got so lucky. Uh, but for the vast majority, I feel like I have good internal locus of control. And I would say that the individuals, I've, you know, as I work with thousands of individuals get jobs, the ones who are taking ownership of their, of the things that are happening to them, like networking or customizing their resume correctly or applying to, uh, to a certain amount of jobs or quality application, because they're saying, hey, I control the outcome of this job search. It's not luck if I get an interview or not, but it's not luck. If, uh, if I get a call, it's not luck if they reply to my, it's, it's like, I understand I'm controlling the controllables, ultimately get the results. Yeah, now that's it. If, uh, listen, if I continue to blame other people, then I'm never gonna solve the problems. It might be that the other people are to blame, but that doesn't solve anything because those are the problems and you've got to figure out a way to overcome those. And that happens from within most of the time. And uh, what that will do is it will either change my direction so that I no longer have to face that problem and I will overcome some other thing. But it's if we just if we keep running into that and you're right, we have a blend, right, where sometimes it is my external locus of control is like, oh, man, I got, you know, we blame traffic if we're late when it was really that we left three minutes later than what we should have. And so it's not traffic's fault. It's that I left late, but it's internal or external. Yeah. Like, do I want other people to blame or do I take ownership? And I think mm -hmm. what you said is great. So 
internally know yourself develop a really good plan that's step one step two is get that resume right build that profile for yourself and those are how you're sorting those puzzle pieces out right making sure that you've got all the right puzzle pieces and then you start with and you've mentioned this so many times in this episode of your podcast as uh, in networking building the right relationships with the right people like that's that's the next piece of this job search puzzle and it's so many people are missing that piece and some people are like scared right because i use linkedin a lot and some people are like well i don't want to get on linkedin i don't want to sound like i don't know what i'm talking about or i'm just nervous about this and i'm like well it doesn't mean you like you don't have to become like a linkedin content creator professional yeah like that's not what you have to do but just engage people like if i go on daniel's post if i go to your page and i like see you made a com a post or something i just i like it and then i add something to it and now one of the challenges is i do tell people like it doesn't matter like if you add that's cool or add i agree that means nothing yeah it makes the poster feel good but it doesn't add value it doesn't add insight so ask a question or make a value statement an insight statement or something to that post to engage with people and then send a message to connect maybe but also say follow companies that you want to work with and when they make a post add value ask a question because if they engage with you then you're going to be top of mind when you apply so engage with them as often as you can and then submit those resumes get that application out there and there's a good chance when they see michael stanett's resume they're like oh I've seen his name on our page a dozen times. Okay, let's check that. Like make yourself interesting to them. Yeah. And man, I'll walk by when I'm working with a person for a career stuff, right? If you're a client of mine, I'm walking you through a page on a company and we'll see a post that a recruiter made and there'll be like 14 likes maybe and no comments, none. And I'm like, be the first, go comment. Put your name out there and maybe nobody sees it, but what if they do? And so it's, I'm always thinking, how can I be the standout? How can I do the things in my job search that other people aren't doing? Yep. No, that's, and, that's uh, so true. So true. It's like, you know, you, you want an above average job Well, you have to go above, above average effort to be able to get that type of job for you. You can't, it just doesn't work that way, right? Like you, you can't just want above average and not willing to put above average effort, above average work, you know? And so I think you're so true. Michael, as we wrap it up, um, we'd love for you to share uh, a little bit about what you do. And if people want to learn more about your services, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. Um, the last thing is like, reach out to me on LinkedIn is the easiest way to get in touch with me. Okay, that's that's where I do my career coaching. It's where I engage with people. I make posts there. And please don't feel like you have to engage with me in order to pay me something. I'm, I'm happy to engage with people. In fact, if you're listening to this and you want to engage and you need resume feedback, DM me podcast and drop me your resume and I'll give you feedback for free. Okay. I'll, I just want to help add value to people. And so let's do that. Uh, one of the other things that I do is I help people practice the interview process. Uh, I love it. I finished that last week. I went through two sessions with somebody. I finished up another session with someone yesterday is we're just trying to get the interview right by connecting your stories to the job that you're looking for. So I help people in that way, whether it's resumes, whether it's clarifying your skills and knowing yourself, whether it's knowing how to network properly in order to get that job or whether it's practicing for the interview. Those are the things that I help people with. 
Um, I do have a course on how to walk people through that that is much cheaper than paying me one-on-one. -on -one. If somebody's interested in kind of doing it themselves first and figuring out what that looks like, happy to offer that too. Just reach out to me. Uh, DMs are the easiest way. Love it. Love it. Michael, no, thank you. Seriously, thank you so much. I think, you know, there's so many takeaways from this podcast. Uh, if you're listening, uh, like, you know, you have control of this. And if you want extra help, I think Michael's an, an amazing person to reach out to. So what we'll do is we'll definitely put uh, Michael's uh, LinkedIn link here in the show notes. So make sure you follow that. Look, if you know someone that's stuck on the job search process, maybe frustrated, they, maybe they, they, a friend is venting to you about this process, share this episode with them. That's all. Now, this episode is free. The way that you can help us by, is by sharing this episode to someone that you think will find value in it that might actually need to hear this advice that Michael and I shared today. Again, if you haven't already subscribed and like this, thank you guys so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks, Daniel.